podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Strongcast. I'm Mark Boyd. I'm here with Mr. Paul Sullivan. How are you, Paul? Very good. And we have two special guests. We have Devin and Jodie Larat. How are you both today? You've just arrived in Dubai. Very well. Very well, thank you. That wasn't what you said five minutes ago. Well, it's, it's, it's not quite warm enough here for my liking. So You don't have to be PG on this. Yeah. It's fine. You're jet-lagged, yeah? Progressive conservative? You're not feeling fucking horrendous. <laughs> Slightly hungover from jet lag. My luggage. <laughs> and I have no skin or hair care products, so you're getting... The frizz. Yeah, me either, guys. I'm yeah. normally <laughs> me neither. Me Devin's neither. Normally yeah. groomed. Yeah. Much more. Before, like wait, before we go anywhere, though, the princess Ben get zoom in on Devin's. Oh phone. yeah. Listen. I just joked going, I'd love that to be Devin's so phone great. cover, and Jody went, Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it suits you. No mistaking it. I have a problem where I'll just take your phone. Yeah. And now I, and it's not because I do it on purpose. It's just I see a phone and I think it's mine. <laughs> so this well, is, we had the same phone case, so we had to make an alteration. Yeah, this That's is limiting my uh, thieving ways a little bit. That's nice. Yeah, I'm not stealing yeah. that. No. <laughs> yeah, this is clearly not yours. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, how are you doing, Devin? I'm great, man. This is it. This is it. Tower built. Just get to eat hotel food, sleep, hang out in the shower, and... Uh, what are we, five days? Five, five days, days, yeah. yeah How quick has that gone? When did we have you on? Five weeks? Six weeks ago? Yeah, close to two like months that, ago. Yeah, yeah. We were like, oh, we'll get you in. And it's like, yeah. it's just gone. Yeah, it's been, um, it's, it's been a long, focused process, this match. I mean, my arm wrestling career, like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's block after block after block. But uh, this one's been a long time coming. And yeah, it's finally here. Oh my God, I'm nervous. I'm excited. Like, uh, I'm scared. I'm feeling victorious. I'm, you know, everything. It's like that song where it's like, I'm a, I'm a, but you're everything. Yeah. It's a big day. How are you feeling, Jody? I mean, kind of the same, obviously without the preparation in the same way. Um, I'm going to be very happy when it's over. Uh, it's, yeah. No, he's he's done. He's invested literally everything into this for the last six months plus. Oh yeah, feed uh, the beast. We need to. Oh, he's it's oh, a constant, beautiful, constant awesome. machinery of. Uh, Somebody wanting this before uh, before I eat it all. Going on a little bit. Oh, Anybody? You go ahead. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll stay on the healthy side of the table. Well, well, what what makes you think this is unhealthy? <laughs> it's not. Do you know about bees? Good. What do they eat? You ever seen an unhealthy bee? No. Oh, exactly. All right. Oh. What do bees eat? I don't know. I was going to say they honey. They eat honey. They eat <laughs> do they eat they, they straight honey. sugar? Yeah. They produce it? And yeah. Well, I think that the, the lowly workers, I think that they have to eat like flower bits. But like, I mean, they're doing this all to give the very best food to the, to the queen mm-hmm. so that she gets honey, the best stuff in the world. So... The brownie is representative of the, hun- the honey, and you're the bee. I am the queen. He's the queen. The queen. <laughs> okay, you're the queen. Clearly. Fair, fair. Clearly. Fair comment, yeah. yeah. So, six months of preparation, we were speaking uh, earlier on. Those six months, what's happened in those six months? How has it been? How's it been for both of you? What's the journey been like? 
Um, well, at the beginning, there's an evaluation, right? At the beginning of any journey, like you have to know your destination. And so I spent a lot of time, you know, trying to assess what my priorities would be. And uh, Levon is a unique opponent. He's the greatest, you know. He represents probably the strongest athlete that we've ever had in the sport of arm wrestling. So I knew that it would be essential. Um, the physical preparation for this match was going to be paramount. It was going to be, uh, you know, one of the most important things. So everything, my entire being is like being pushed into my right hand just to try and close the gap. Um, my strength, my conditioning, it's, uh, well, I've never been better. I've never been more prepared. At 47 years old, you know, everything I've learned about the sport, I've put the energy where I think I need it. We'll see if it's enough, but, uh, oh, man, I am so strong right now. It's <laughs> it's frightening. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I respect Levon, so it, it's, I hope it's a good match. Have you... What have you seen in the last six months that's different to like the other training he's done, the other opponents? I just feel like everything at this point is such an evolution. Every match, there's a there's another level. He levels up more and more and more. And I, I want to say this one, I mean, this one, there was a longer preparation. It's been a longer time coming, knowing that this was happening. You know, even before it was agreed upon, it was it was in it was in Devin's mind. It was it was it was going to happen. So I think it was like a pre prep even to the prep, and it's just built so much um, along the way. And in the last couple of years, just Devin's training has become so specific, and he has made he's made changes along the way with this one, but the investment has been like when you take six months to prepare for a competition like this literally everything else everything else gets pushed aside to a degree like it always does but to a degree again another level up to a degree it hasn't been before so you know Devin's got one job in the house domestic <laughs> job that he does it's sometimes and what's that put the dishes away <laughs> in the morning so job. that the kids and we, we so that we can like maintain a kitchen throughout the day it's, it doesn't happen as much as it used to so 2017 um, is when I kind of retired from, from the forces. 2016. And 16, yeah, but I was still kind of floating around the reserves. Mm, yeah. So I was fully, you know, removed from my old trade. And it's also the same year that I decided that I would try to reclaim the super heavyweight world title. I knew it wasn't going to be like, oh, win it next year, oh, I'll win it the year after. I understood it was a long process, but it started, you know, at five years ago. Before that, I was hanging out in the 225-pound division, which is really probably where I should be, but uh, there's no crown in the world worth talking about comparatively to the super heavyweight division. So, you know, like uh, Lord of the Rings, you know, that hobbit dude, that Schmeagel guy, and he, and he had the ring once, and then he just became this waste of a fucking thing when he didn't have it. Well, that was me from like 2012 to 2017. I was like, uh, 
we were Schmeagle. Yeah, and I'm still, I'm still a bit like, Where's I'm my like, precious? you know, I'm just trying to reclaim that glory that yeah. I once had. You know, like, uh, yeah. So this is, this is the culmination of a lot of things. You talked about hanging around in that two two five. Where do, yeah. Where's your weight at for now for this? Because we were kind of predicting where you'd be at. Yeah, you know, the weight is interesting. Um, I, I, uh, I just actually weighed myself. Hold on, hold on. What's your guesses? What do you guess? I'm terrible in pounds. Yeah, I'm terrible. In pounds I'd have to go well. kilos. Go kilos, fine. We'll translate by we. I mean, Jeff. I mean, I wasn't expecting you to be as big as what you've walked in here today. Like, yeah. you're looking jacked. Well, I'm lean. That's the thing that might yeah. be a bit tricky for people, myself included. Like, I mean, I was, um, I, I, I was. Okay, so here I'm just doing the math on my calculator because I'm not that smart. I can, I can see already yeah. what it is. One. Okay, so 135. I was going to say 135. You know, well, it's, it's a little bit less. It's 130.9. That's what I weighed actually just pre- on, the, on the hotel scale. Uh, I was 288. Okay, so that for me. Um, now, that's not morning, okay? That's not a morning dry. That's like after a couple buffets. So my, my morning dry is about 282, so probably like one, uh, 127, yeah. 120. But this last week is actually when I'll fill up in glycogen, and mm. I'll, I'll probably get like 132, I'm guessing, by weigh-in, um, maybe even a tiny bit more. Uh, you know, the last week's when all the water sticks to you anyways, so. And the yeah. cheesecake. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's it's interesting, you know, when you talk about like, you know preparation and focus uh especially with with strength athletes i don't i don't think it's unique to strength athletes but how important the rest piece is you know so many of us like people who love to train or fight or do sports whatever that's not the hard part the hard part is simplifying your life so that you're actually allowed to lay in bed for that five hours that's the hardest thing to do Right, and that's where Jody helps me a lot. <laughs> yeah. But and, and 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 I'm lucky. I mean, the last I'd say five weeks, I've done a lot of naps, like a lot of lying around. So, yeah, yeah. recovering, charging but, the yeah. batteries up. It's, it's so interesting though, because we've talked about it before. Like achieving that sort of greatness, say your status, like legendary, and doing things that people haven't done before. And you have to have like get rid of that balance. Like you, you've talked about it, and you like tipping the scales so the balance goes out of the window. It's a sole focus. But you still need a support network to do it. Yeah. And having those people around you, it's, it's tough to be that support mechanism when somebody's so narrow-pointed and minded, right? Like it's, it's funny, Mike. We, we, there's a little documentary happening on Devin, and, and the, they were interviewing the kids and our youngest daughter, Habry. I asked her afterwards how it went, and she said, you know what? They asked me questions I'd never really thought about before. And one was, what would it be like if your dad didn't arm wrestle? Would you like to have, you know, would you like to have that and see what that was like. And she said, I never really thought about that. I mean, he's here all the time, but he's kind of like not here all the time at yeah. the same time. And it's, you know, it's just part of the, it's just part of part of who he is and what he does and part of how our family mm. works. It's, he's still accessible, but it's, mm. but it'd be interesting to see when, when he gets to take a little break after this match. That's when, that's when things kind of level up more in the, in the family. Yeah, life's about balance anyways, right? You got these waves, you know, for every high, there must be a low. Spend too much above above the line, you'll come back down, whether you want to or not. So you might as well plan it, build it into your cycle, whatever. 
you know, I'm going to do this event and I will return to uh, being a normal person, part of a balanced family. But it's like building up a bank account, you know. You do that stuff so that you don't feel guilty and you can you can do these periods of focus and uh, feel good about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you talk about this scale where you're bulking up. Jodie, you just did a massive fast. Was it 21 days? I did. I did do Tell us all about that. Fast. I, well, I've been fasting off and on for you know, 15 years and in the beginning it was, you know, three days was a pretty rough go. And I remember someone saying to me, you know, if you can go a little longer, it actually gets easier. And I'm like, I don't believe it. I don't believe that at all. And the longest I'd done prior to that was 11 days, but there were like five, six of those days were water and teas. And then I started having bone broth for the remainder of the, of the fast. And then this one, I, uh, I left it really open. I had this sort of goal of doing 21 days. Devin was very concerned about that goal and, and you know, kind of tried to talk to me, talk me out of it for a long time whilst still being supportive of what I wanted to do. And it was pretty incredible. Like I, it was actually the most positive experience of my life in a, in a really long time that I can even think of. I had like no problems. It was crazy. I got better and better energy as things went along. I uh, and what I, was this on water? So this was I had I had water, different teas, coffee, some electrolytes, mostly salt, potassium, and magnesium. No, like no honey, for example. No yeah. sugary electrolytes, and yeah, it was just it was just wild. A couple other supplements like probiotics and some coconut oil along the way, and it was and I left it so that if I started to feel badly, I could, you know, alter things and start drinking bone broth, I changed it, but I never needed to. I just got better. I was actually kind of sad when it ended, to be honest. And my body just responded in a way that I could never, like, I've never had it before. I, I completely reset my hormones. You know, I'm a woman who's getting a little older and hitting those perimenopause things. And so completely reset all, all hormones, inflammation gone, my strength, after fasting, I started sort of strength training again about a week after I finished, and I was doing a program I'd been doing pre-fasting, and I was stronger, more flexible, complete lack of inflammation, and just felt incredible. And that, not just that, like I was, I'm in the middle of writing right now, and I had, you know, like seven hours straight writing days just because I was so clear. And my the best thing, the coolest thing that happened that I was not anticipating we go on these night walks all the time. My night vision improved probably tenfold. I could see like a wild animal in like seriously ready to, just, you know, your body's like, we need to kill and eat things. Let's do that. So all the other sense, senses are so heightened and that, that actually stuck around, which I was really, really thrilled. Awesome. How would your day look like when you were like your eating, drinking schedule? Like what would that look like day to day? whatever I felt like it to be like, during the fast yeah during okay, the well, fast well so no yeah. eating that was that's an easy <laughs> yeah, one yeah, that one yeah, didn't yeah, happen yeah, yeah. takes a lot of time to eat by yeah. the way it takes what, a lot of time and energy like three liters of water four liters five what you were know, you doing I basically I, I mean I drank when I was thirsty and I didn't really track it that much it, it was I just kind of listened to my body which was the main goal so it was the main the motivation yeah and some just days to reset the body yes was it yeah. Not a weight loss, not a this. Like. No, no, no. And I mean, obviously, weight weight was lost, but and and weirdly stayed off. I know a lot of times when you fast, there's a pro like refeed refeeding is one of the most difficult things to master mm. with a fast, and it can be quite dangerous if you don't do it well. And I I seem to have 
done it really well. Like I've maintained basically, you know, within six pounds of where I, which is like six pounds after a 21 day fast is, is nothing to put back on. Uh, I'm hearing yeah. all the positives from this, but yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. it's I mean, like my, my head's going, nah, nah, you won't do that. Nah. I could, I, I, I'm, I, I but you know what? I think, but I honestly, I don't think that it's for everyone to do. I think there's fasting benefits for everyone, but I don't believe it's necessary for people to do that long of a fast, mm -hmm. depending on where they are in their lives. Like if you're lean and fit and healthy and things feel good, there's, it's, it's really difficult. I know there was another, uh, there was a guy an arm Will. wrestler guy yeah will who decided he was gonna do 40 a 40 day fast for his first one for I his think. first fast. i don't know maybe it wasn't his first one but i think he'd done like very little shortly after i had done mine i was like this is gonna be out he was like 20 yeah and he's, and he's super ripped super and like lean. super healthy dude <laughs> and and he he thankfully stopped on day eight yeah, eight or nine day eight or, eight or nine yeah, yeah. but just it, it's not it's not required yeah for for everyone to do I'll be in the bracket if not for me. <laughs> are, are we going to see Devin doing a 21-day fast after this? We're going to see Devin do a fast after I, this. I think so long as I'm in competitive athletics, I won't do one that, that is that long. I, I, I sometimes will do like three-day, rarely, but I'll definitely build in a fast at some point over the next month and a half. I, I'd say I'm probably going to top out at like a four-day fast. Um but I'll tell you, you know, speaking about Jody's fast, it's, it is interesting because I've seen her do so many of them. And, it, and it's clearly, it's it's not something that you just do, like, on your first one. Like, it's, like, hearing that she did a 21-day fast, you have to understand she's she's been fasting for probably 10 or 15 years, you know. Um, so, like, her first one, her second one, she's, I mean, I don't know how many times she's done it now. But I have to agree with everything she said. I, I worry, you know, as her spouse and as a, her partner, when she says she's going to do 21 days, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, uh, at what point is this, you know? Like, what are you trying to do? Like, really? Like, <laughs> 21 days? Oh, my God. Um, there's, there's, but it's neat to witness it. Um, there's a lot that we don't understand. Uh, but witnessing Jody do 21 days, you know, her energy, um, the goals that she had for it, they were clearly met and I think exceeded, like, uh, visibly healthier. Like, her energy didn't crash. She had more energy as the fast went on. And, and her, like, you always think, okay, after, like, a certain amount of time, you're visibly going to look unhealthy. Like, you can tell when you see a person, you're like, oh, that person is ill, they're sick, their energy is... Is totally whacked, Jody. Uh, geez, there was days, like you know, in the teens, when she would spend all day just busy, 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 busy. Uh, very impressive, very impressive. But I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I have to stay massive a little yeah. bit. Yeah, we will applaud you and <laughs> yeah. commend you, and we'll leave it there. That's perfect. Yeah. He yeah. does like it also when I fast. There's something. There's a really great benefit that he gets out of me fasting on the regular. I seem to make better food for other people when I'm I was wondering it. where that was it's going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> food, food. PG. PG. Food. Energy and food. It's, it's something uh, to note there that you said, Devin, we really don't know that much and we don't know that much about the human body, but we're not made of glass and the capacity that we have is pretty much untapped, I think. I think from experience that we've went through with the military, 
things like doing the fast and the bodybuilding stuff like our bodies are really yeah you can push yourself and then when you think you've got there you can always go and we 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 don't we think we know a lot about nutrition and how the body works we really don't at this point we really don't and you have to think that uh you know we we're designed to do it like i can't imagine that you know being a canadian like if if you were survive in in canada without like you know the civilization that we have today like that umbrella like you, there's going to be long periods of time when you don't eat so you have to think that the body is not only uh, able to do it but anything that you're able to do it like your body has to somehow design itself so that there's there's some kind of benefit right like when you go through this period something gets exercised that maybe we're not exercising normally and you know i think that everything that the human body is capable of you it has to be used right so i think that maybe that's a little bit of what's going on just exercising things that don't normally get exercised yeah yeah and you, you say that you've done years of this and you've built up to this and it shows you that the body responds by conditioning the body and that's that's what we even bring back to the arm wrestling is you're conditioning that arm those tendons those ligaments those those bones muscle fibers talk to us how long it's actually taken you to build up it's you know people think that there's a limit but uh so long as you remain passionate about your subject i think that you will just continue to improve continue to uh, you know grow um, i've been doing this sport recreationally since i was five years old and i'm 47 uh, i went competitive at 18 so we're looking at you know a good 30 years of competitive uh, arm wrestling and i'd say without question that some of my best years have been my last uh, you learn a lot of things along the way, you know. If you're crazy about something and if you really look hard at it, you're going to learn things. The thing that I, I continue to learn over and over is it's about investment and it's about focus. The more you invest in something, the more it will grow. Uh, I've invested in my right hand only. A lot of people are aware of this pumpkin training that I do. Uh, I'm so fascinated by it. It's so simple. Uh, I only train my right hand. I've been doing this experiment for two and a half years. Uh, I'll probably continue for at least another five, uh, just because I'm so curious. I'm so curious where it's gonna go. A lot of my concerns, a lot of my worries have been completely dispelled, uh, very positive overall. I give it a very, very, this is probably uh, the system that I'm most happy with out of all the systems I've ever ran. Uh, growth, gains, health, uh, my hands are bigger. You know, not hands, hand. Like, uh, you can change, you can continue to grow ligaments, tendons, bones, you know, as you age, you, you know, you can do it. Yeah. But, yeah. It, it's something that I thought about was maybe a bit experimental, but if you look into other sports like tennis, Rafael Nadal, yeah, uh, football players where they're only kicking with the right foot. Ryan, when Ryan was on the show and the difference in his, his arm and hand size, right? Yeah, it's yeah, no, exactly. Like he's, yeah. he's putting yeah. it up and it's, it's but bigger. It's, and it's yeah. like, you, you ain't growing extra muscle tissue you're doing something to your bones and yeah yeah conditioning of the structure think about uh i mean a lot of the inspiration for this for me came from athletes like oleg zak or matthias schilty who have like a supposed and i can't speak exactly to what's going on there but i I think it's a blood flow disorder where the one side just gets fed way more so that that was a real big goal of mine in this in this thing is just always just pump blood 
push blood, push nutrients, push fluids. Because I think that so much of the human, you know, genetic potential is just released through nutrition that the body just never has enough of. You never can have enough oxygen. You can never have enough uh, nutrition, enough water in in something that you're trying to, to grow. So it's just, you know get pumped yeah. stay pumped <laughs> you know it's it's something to think about as well like the brain is a muscle and if we can condition our brains in positive manners like again these things are all limitless in what we can do so i think treating the brain as such like we do with these different tasks or training is important also um training the brain is that something you do? No, no. You spoke. <laughs> I, I actually listened to a po- uh, podcast with uh, Matt Rhodes. Oh yeah, and you spoke about the last thirty-six hours and what you oh, do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a form of conditioning, there. No, I mean, I, 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 I want to say no that I don't do much mental stuff because really I don't. Like I, I, I'm not a reader. I'm not a guy who studies. I'm just very immersed in what I'm exactly trying to do. Uh, I definitely think a lot about what I'm trying to do, but. Like, I mean, the only mental kind of development I do is, uh, you know, I, I, battle cats. Yeah, battle cats and like chess.com and stuff. Like, it's, I don't actively go about like, you know, weight training for my brain. Uh, I just really just stay on topic. I just stay, stay, you know, focused. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my thing is focus. Like, I, I found that that's, I was told at a very young age, you know, and rightfully or wrongfully i mean i know a lot of people who are good at a lot of things and and they're extremely valuable people but as a kid i was coached that if you really you know get really really good at one thing there'll always be a place in the world for you so you know for me that's 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 arm wrestling so we're talking about focus um and training the mind what have you done to prepare for this match in terms of mental capacity, you're going in there to win, obviously. How do you see it going down? Tell us. Well, the first thing I do for my mental preparation is I build up my opponent, which wasn't that hard to do with Levon. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, I think it's very, very important um, not to downplay your opponent. I think it's very important to give your give him the 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 full respect that uh that they deserve and the reason you do it is for accuracy uh because you do not want to be surprised okay like when you face somebody you definitely don't want to be in there with them and be like oh geez i wasn't expecting this you want it to be well known when it comes to visualization a lot of people talk about positivity and I think that there's a time and place for everything but I think what's most important with visualization is accuracy I think that you have to see everything I think you have to see the good the bad the disastrous the triumphant but everything you know um, I spent a lot of time thinking about the match how it's gonna go trying to come up with the most accurate prediction possible and then you know go 10% this way 10% that way you know 15% 50% so it's until you hopefully have seen almost everything so by the time the match happens nothing's a surprise and the end piece to visualization is positivity 
Um, but there's, in my mind, there's no requirement to be falsely positive. It's just at the end when bravery is required, commitment's required, you know, because there's a time when you have to put your chips on the table. And, uh, you know, the only way to win is to win by going all in. Mm. You know, you have, to, you have to go all in. You have to commit to whatever plan you decide to do. There's, there can be no hesitation. So that's the end. The end is, is positivity. Uh, yeah, you got to see it. You have to see it. Is, is there any sort of ethos that you've been following or you subconsciously go through? You, you talk about positivity, uh, commitment, courage. Um, there's things like we spoke about uh, in the military, cheerfulness in the face of adversity. Yeah. Um, determination. Is there anything specific that sticks in your brain? Sort of ethos. <laughs> you know, it, you, know you kind of remind me of some things. Uh, your jumper, yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, I was terrified. Yeah? <laughs> it took me a long time. Like, I grew to really, really love jumping. Um, but, uh, you know, the potential outcomes, you know, of, of a bad jump are yeah. pretty yeah, fucking yeah. bad, right? So, what I did to cure myself is I just would watch parachute fails over and over and over. <laughs> like, <Instead> of- <laughs> I, would, I would watch, like, you know, you know, malfunction videos, partial malfunction videos, you know, dudes crashing, you know, until you get comfortable with the worst-case scenario. Mm. You know, like, I think it's very important to know you're going to die. It's super important. I think it brings it back to that condition of the brain. Yeah. It's stuff that uh, we got shown was... <laughs> pictures of bodies yeah. and whatnot and it was that conditioning of the brain yeah. i think that a lot of people get uncomfortable with worst case scenarios yeah you know and that can be a limiting factor for for your development you know you have to be very comfortable like when i arm wrestle levon i have to be very comfortable with the fact that this dude could break my arm you know so i have to i have to know that that is a real possibility and you know still be willing to go in there and fight you know, um, and that's where the excitement is. You know? Yeah. If you can overcome that, you know, if you can, if you can beat death, if you can beat Everest, the unbeatable. Know? Right. Yeah. And that's that's the big prize, right? Mm-hmm. Is doing those things that you're not sure if you could do. Like I was scared of jumping. Now I fucking love it. Yeah. Every time I get in a plane, I'm you're like, the fuck, out there. Yeah. Let me fucking jump out of this. Plane. Yeah. <laughs> on our on our ride last night, like. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing with any kind of fearful situation. Adrenaline. Yeah. But I think that I think that a very important thing that people miss is just making sure you're okay with the worst case scenario. Because so many people, when it comes down to it, and the, you know, right before they step off, they're like, "Okay, this could kill me," and they're like, "Okay, wait a second. Yeah. You know, that should be the first thing that you're okay with. Yeah. This, you know? this is why I love this podcast because you hear things you've never heard, or like a a mindset, or. A, yeah. a way of thinking and I've never heard that no well, this and is, I think that's brilliant this mm-hmm. is Get just a, an arm right it, yeah, and, yeah. and he's been in a situation literally as his helicopter yeah. was shot down and crashing where he's like this is where I'm going to die yeah. this yeah. is the one but if it's, you accept that it's that really, you're unbeatable like yeah. essentially then your mind no. is so fucking powerful like I'll tell you like when it comes to tours like uh, did, a, did a lot of tours uh, my first tour you know I, I was immature uh, very very fearful of death uh, it affected my performance, you know, like, uh, it's for, it's for real, right? Like you go out at night and, you know, it's like, okay, what you're like, am I really, no, can't be there. 
can't be there, you know, go home, lick your wounds, change your mindset, fucking go and wish for death, you know, go, go and fucking seek it, you know, and you have to get there. If you really, really want to do the job, you have to be okay with the worst case scenario. So, um, and it's the first thing, it's the first thing, it's the first thing, it's the last thing, like, uh, to go right at it, you know, come, go right at a person, you know, knowing you might not come back. So you know that now this week. You've accepted that he could break your arm. Yeah. Right? You've accepted the worst case of the loss right. or whatever it is, right? But yeah. is that in your mind this week? Or do you then shut that out for your right. positive approach to it? Exactly. Right. So the closer the match comes, the more I just visualize positive outcomes until typically by the time the match is happening, I'm just, my ego is like out of control. I'm fucking, I'm like, I'm a fucking God, you know, I'm going to fucking, there's no way you can beat me. Like, we know what you're like in the face. But it's, but, but, it, but it comes from the bottom, yeah. right? It comes yeah. from the base. And then, you know, the, what you're seeing is the full evolution sure. of the mindset. The foundation. Yeah. So what will you do this week now? Like, would you, you just chill? What sort of training yeah, would you do? No. Anything, like any light thing? Yeah. I've really done just about everything I can do. Uh, maybe I was thinking about doing some low-level conditioning for my forearm, but I, I don't think I will. I've done so much. I think I'll probably just stretch a little bit. Walk on a treadmill, potentially. Yeah. Lots of walking. Walk, sleep. Not, not outside, anyway. We One o'clock in the morning last night, we're like, we walk out. We're like, oh, this isn't so bad. We had a bit of block in. We're both like, did you just feel? Yeah, it hit me too. It's, <laughs> yeah, the heat, the heat it is so bad. Strains, it's, yeah. it's so bad. 50 degrees today. Yeah. 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 So... King of the table rules, the rule sets. <laughs> Talk to us about everything that's went on with Ryan Bowen. He had Bill Collins on for an interview. Bill didn't seem to know what was going on with the rules until he got here. How do Tell people us. not understand? You can go, obviously go ahead. I just shake my head at this point. Like how yeah. do people not know? Yeah, I, I've received a lot of criticism um, from you know people who aren't my fans. I think you know people who follow me i actually appreciate what i do but uh you know um there's the game okay and you have to know the game you have to know it you have to really know it you have to know exactly what the rules are exactly what the rules mean um you know maybe you receive a couple fouls whatever but you you need to know your borders um it was very clearly defined to me um you know throughout the entire king of the table series king table one rules were determined between michael and i we both knew there would be no problem between the two of us we're close we've been competing in the same league we both have a very similar vision of what arm wrestling is and what it needs to be so we kind of negotiated it in um you know fine tuning and we came up with a final product that you know i think honestly i, I do think that there's still a work in progress but um you know the rules are at a good a good 90 plus percent before I signed King of the Table 2, I confirmed that they would be the same rules. So the nightmare begins. <laughs> you know, and I'm just shocked because I expect other athletes to pay the same amount of attention that I do to rules. You know, and I'm always shocked when people, you know, come back after they've signed contracts and they're like, uh, yeah, um, you know, can we change this rule? No, no, you can't. That was for before. Um, so, you know, when it started to go on with John, there was, you know, I, I received a lot of blowback. You know, people were saying, like, I was, you know, whining about the rules. But in reality, it's just not the fact. 
the fact is that John was complaining about the rules and I was just maintaining the rules that had been agreed upon. Whether they were favorable to me or not, irregardless, regardless, whatever. You know, um, same thing happened with King of the Table 2 to King of the Table 4. You know, uh, rules were, were decided upon verbally um, in group context. Uh, you know, the contract was, was written loosely enough. I don't think anybody really cared because, you know, to me, uh, you know, a handshake uh, communication is good enough. You know, you want to make an agreement with me? We agree. We shake hands. You know, it's fine. Um, but then to find out that, you know, I, I don't want to speak for LeVon, but clearly there's we don't we're not on the same level here. We're not on the same page. But I don't like it when, you know, people accuse me of wanting to change rules when it's just not the fact. It's not the fact. Uh, rules of the table. The interesting thing about rules is I really believe that the vast majority of the arm wrestling population viewership does not actually understand them fully to the depth that they need to. I think that people do not understand things like the difference between a set grip and a referee's grip. Um, there's this uh, belief out there that there's loose rules and tight rules which to me is just very upsetting. All rules should be tight. They should just be written in a way that allows the arm wrestlers to you know, hold the power as opposed to the referee. Um, and I think that that's what all good rule sets should try, strive to be. They should be as entertaining and, uh, and uh, likely of showing the, the world the best arm wrestling and showing who the best arm wrestler is. So, you know, king table rules are, are very good. You know, we have running fouls. We have set grip. The, the auto strap is, is interesting. I, I think it's probably the right way to go. Um, but these things are obviously are always up for debate. But, uh, yeah, I've trained for those rules. Yeah. You know. Devin specifically accused so often of manipulating rules, of manipulating people to make rules. And the reality of the situation is, whatever the rules are, that's what he's training for. And when Devin has any influence with rules, it's not about giving himself an advantage. It's about entertaining and bringing people into arm wrestling who maybe don't follow or understand arm wrestling, but they want to see the excitement of the match. You know, they don't want to see that the elbow moves here and then the match is stopped and then it's over and we've lost because no one's even had a chance to compete yet. And if there's, if you know, Devin is certainly, in my opinion, the most intelligent and educated arm wrestler Whoa. on the planet. Uh, for arm wrestling, <laughs> specifically. <laughs> uh, let's, be, let's be straight here. And there is no one who puts more analysis into what the sport is and where it should go and how to get it there and how to grow it and be a bigger ambassador for it than Devin. And so it, you know, and, and, and he's doing his own thing and he wants to succeed, but the amount of negative association with him and manipulation of the rules does get a little taxing. It is a bit weighing and it's just not, it's just not accurate. And it's, you know, I'll say it, it's not really fair to place that on him when what his motivations are, are to develop the sport for everyone. And I think that comes with being an ambassador of the sport, is having that pressure on, whether it's justified or not, but the important thing you noted is actually educating the people as to why rules are a certain way. And I think that's something that we'll endeavor to do, is uh, educate the especially the newcomers to the sport as to why they're set a certain way and 
how they're going to do, be done going forward to bring the biggest entertainment as well as the, the sort of power within the athlete. One of the most difficult things in arm wrestling rules is the human factor. The human factor is that everyone's trying to win. Everybody is trying to get an advantage. It's never going to go away. Okay. Um, and people don't have faith. People don't have faith in the referee for good reason. You know, the referee is under a lot of pressure. As soon as a referee is, has, shows any degree of inconsistency, which everyone will, um, there's problems for, for the competitors. In my opinion, that's why, that's why the referee's grip is, is such a frightening rule for what it does to the sport. Referee's grip means that there can be no movement. Any movement results in a foul. It's very frightening because everybody knows that the referee is not going to see you move. Yeah. Talk to us a bit more in depth about that because um, obviously anyone who's listening, the referee's grip. Tell us, what is the referee's grip? As if we've never heard it before. I know you said no movement. Is that the initial? Right. So the set grip. basically what happens is the referee says no movement. And at that point, any movement can result in a foul. Okay, he's going to put you together. He's going to put the thumbs down one at a time. He's going to close the hands and he's going to say go. Ready go in some cases. But then he'll start the match. But the problem is, is one, one person is always going to get screwed over. Okay, it's just, you're never going to set a perfect grip. It's, it's, it's basically an impossibility. Um, and and s some guys are just going to be able to smoothly uh, either load pressure or set positions in this process. Um, so someone is going to get an advantage. Okay, and and sometimes that can make it look as if the other opponent is actually moving and yeah. they'll get fouled. Yeah. So the, the subtle difference between a referee's grip and a set grip is in a set grip, the athletes are told to, you know, put their hands in the center. The webbing is leveled. You know, you're going to close your thumbs as athletes. Like you will close your own thumb. You will close your own hand. But the fouling, the fouling in the set grip is very different. The fouls actually only come after the command close your hand is given. You know, once they say close the hand, that's when the referee can call fouls because it's the most important time. And you get fouls by moving the match off center, basically, or, or capping illegally. Like, you can't put your hand, like, way up high, and you can't load the match off center. Um, so it's just a much more forgiving way to start the match, and it allows the athletes to have a little bit of pressure, both mutually. So so both of them are able to decide their outcome a little bit more. So it takes the power from the referee and puts it in the hands of athletes. And I think that every time you can come up with a rule system that does that, I think our sport goes forward. Yeah. I think, um, what was the words that Levan said? Um, he mentioned that... I don't know, he said it, Georgian. <laughs> Yeah, he mentioned that. I think I think it was after all of this. He mentioned that I don't care about the rules. I'm going to break your arm anyway. What's your thoughts on that? Well, that's the way it should be for him. I mean, he's a big, strong gorilla. You know, he he should have that mindset. I mean, I know that if I was arm wrestling a 185 pound dude, I would probably think the same thing. Uh, and I'm glad he thinks that. Uh, that's you know that's good for me. Um, hey. Uh, it's like the Titanic and the iceberg, you know. 
he looks at the iceberg and he's like, oh, whatever, I just run the thing over, it doesn't matter. But, you know, you crack that hole and it's over. So, we'll see. We'll see if the rules mattered or not. Um, and if he doesn't care about them, then why is he complain so much and refuse to play with Devin at all yeah. leading up to this match? I think Just initially saying. that was his story, you know, he said, but I mean, why did he even bring it up if that was the case? Yeah. Like, why did he fight to get the rules changed after King of the Table 3? Uh, I mean, I know what happened. Like, after King of the Table 3, I was concerned. So I said, we need to jump on a call and just make sure everybody's cool. And I think that, you know, I've heard his camp and him say that, you know, they were calling him to discuss the rules, which I, I, I certainly didn't think that was the case because I'm the one who initiated the call. Uh, it was just a confirmation. But, uh, you know, his anger, you know, and hanging up and removing himself from the chat led me to believe that he actually did care about the rules quite deeply you know we'll see we'll see he is a mountain okay i don't ever want to pretend like levon is not as great as he is because he is he's, he's tremendous um but i'm pretty crafty and i'm not i'm not too bad <laughs> so uh i uh i know that if this match can become about arm wrestling i will defeat him you know when it comes to the adaptation during the match I, I'm, I'm confident that I'm a superior arm wrestler. Did, like, from my point of view, and we we talked about it before, and people talk about mind games and the build up and like what's going on. Did the match for you start a long time ago, and like, a continuation? Like, it's not just what happens on that table. The advantage you can get by like boxers, anyone in a combat sport, anything getting into an opponent's head. Did your match start a while ago? As soon as I sign that, that thing, it's on. As soon as I sign that, that is that con- to gain any advantage you can? That's, that it's just the way I operate. Enough. Like I actually really enjoy the whole process. Um, he didn't engage much. Okay, so there was a lot of there was much less back and forth than just poking. Yeah, so I'm just poking at this yeah. point. You know, I'm I'm just kind of keeping like a little bit of pressure. You know, partially just to keep people interested in the match, but partially because it's just what I like to do with my opponents. I like to engage them. I like to develop this part of our relationship because right now, Levon and I are opponents. We won't always be opponents, you know, and, and when you are an opponent with another athlete, you develop a deeper relationship with them, which, which is awesome. You know, like if you fought a person, uh, if you've competed against them, it, it will deepen your bond, you know, especially if everybody's cool with everything. Like, I mean, talk about my buddy matt mask you know uh, we've competed against each other since like 2000 and we have wars and when the match is like when the match is set until we compete like i mean he hates me he does <laughs> he really hates him right before and then and then when we're done we're, we're buddies we're, we're we're great friends sometimes he needs just a minute yeah <laughs> do you, you think after this war on saturday you're gonna be buddies i think it's gonna take some time uh i think that levon is quite young and i think that this is uh you know, this degree of, uh, of conflict that I'm going to bring to the match, I think will be new for him. I think he's coming from a culture where, uh, you know, typically he's, he's, there's a lot more respect. There's a lot more, um, there's a lot more sportsmanship, as you would call it, uh, you know, is, is commonly interpreted from his part of the world. Uh, and it, it's not disrespect from my part, really. This is just, this is part of the game for me. And I think that in time he will recognize that. I just think it might take him a little bit of time. You know, 
We'll see. Devin used to be that guy. Uh, Devin yeah. used to be so the funny. humble, quiet, shake your hand before, shake your hand after, boring arm wrestling competitor. <laughs> boring. I know. I, you know what? And, and again, I, I do no disrespect at all whatsoever to to the athletes who compete that way. They're incredible athletes. Again, there's a certain evolution to the sport, and bringing eyes to it requires something a little bit more than that. And and as much as I can't stand Travis Bajan, because I really don't like you, Travis, and I have no problem ever telling you that, and you know why, <laughs> he was kind of a, a front runner in exactly what we're talking about. He was, he was Devin kind of modeled his level, his level of trash talk and engaging opponents and, and drawing controversy to the sport based on Travis's behaviors, which were really outlandish at the time. We couldn't believe, I, I certainly couldn't believe the way that he spoke publicly and I'm way over that now, but yeah. Somebody. McGregor UFC. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You get it. Yeah. It needs it, right? It needs it. The personality, it needs the showmanship though. It doesn't necessarily have to come from both athletes either doesn't but but in a match there needs to be and i don't necessarily want to say villain but there needs to be an agitator there needs to be someone who's pushing the conflict like uh and without it it just becomes stale uh you know not everybody loves arm wrestling everybody loves drama you know and the more drama you can wrap up into a, a conflict everybody pays attention you know and devin's willing now yeah to take on the role of being, you know, <laughs> taking all the shit that shoveled his. Got a Hollywood it, movie right? written all over Star it. In the, the agitator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy. Because yeah. he recognizes that someone has to, that someone needs to do it, and it and it it is it is trying and weighing at times on his psyche, and then you know we talk about it, hash it through, and realize it's still overall a very net positive for the but game. But it, it's inside everybody. Yeah. You know, that, that dude is inside every single person. You just have to give yourself permission to let that person go, you know. And uh, in combat sports, uh, yeah, it's get that, let, that, let that dude sing his songs. Yeah, let that, let that guy out. Yeah. I think it would be good for Levan like, in terms of character building and actually learning that, okay, there's a sense of camaraderie to this sport. You're all in it together. You're all doing the same thing. You're all prepar- preparing for it. Um Let's hope that you can shake hands afterwards. Yeah. From your side, are you going to shake hands? Uh, I think so. I mean, look at... Are you going to get the boxing gloves back? <laughs> Never again. <laughs> look at... I mean, look at... I love LeVar. I really do. We're having a fight. We're having a fight, and uh, it's not my job to love him right now. Uh, he's an extremely worthy competitor, and that's the way I look at him. Yeah. Yeah. What's your mindset going to be if you win? What's next for Devin? <laughs> you said earlier the, okay. the next five years of training. Like, what's the plan? Yeah. So, I mean, you talk about the five years of planning. I just, I'm super, uh, I'm having so much fun with this pumpkin experiment. So, do you know what that is? Do you all, you're all aware yeah, of the pumpkin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, if it, if it wasn't obvious. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure, I'm going to keep on, keep this going. Uh, like we talked about earlier, everything's a wave, right? Uh, I'm going to need some downtime, uh, you know, promotion. Uh, I'll, I'll probably have a very fun summer. Uh, let myself go a little bit. Uh, hey, what comes around goes around, right? Uh, you know, it won't be long before I'm back. 
but I will need a period of more recreation. Uh, not to say that I'll train any less. I might even train more. I might, I might compete more frequently, but it won't be at the same level. It won't be at the same level of focus. I will require some, some, uh, some period to round out the experience. Yeah. What happens if you lose? Same thing. Exact same, yeah. yeah. No, it's nice to hear. It's yeah. nice to hear that you've, you've got that yeah. tunnel vision focus on win or lose, yeah, you're no, still going to move forward. No, no, it doesn't really change anything. Uh, you know, a win obviously is, is way cooler. Uh, but, uh, you know, a loss, you know, will probably send me into a, you know, a drug-induced spiral depression <laughs> that, you know, wreaks havoc upon my family. So looking forward uh, to it. <laughs> but I'll be all right. I'll be okay. <laughs> So what's your, uh, your final bit of advice to Levan this week? <laughs> what to expect? Well, any warning you want to send out to him? What, uh, like, what do you think he's going to bring? Do you just think he's bringing that brute strength? <laughs> quit, quit. <laughs> yeah. Levan, um, I really don't want to tell him much. I, uh, I really look forward to fighting him. I really do. Like, uh, it's been a long time, so I just hope that he enjoys it. Like, I, I just hope that he can find some happiness in it because I'm going to have a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I'm very happy with, with fighting. I'm very happy to, you know, go at it with this guy. Uh, I'm going to try and make my victory as big as possible if I can secure it, and I suggest to do the same thing. Um, I think yeah. we know what... Devon, we're going to see on Saturday. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone's actually met that guy yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Level up every time, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we'll see. Uh, you know, yeah, you visualize stuff and we'll see what I'm actually capable of. Yeah. All right. I love that you keep referring it to combat. I like it. I can see how you're thinking as well. You're going to war. Oh, yeah. This weekend. Yeah, I'm going to war. You're going to war. Yeah. Okay. Interesting note. So right before, just as Devin basically took this match, he wrote me a little note. And in that note, he said some things I won't reveal, but he did say that it's a little bit like he's preparing to go on tour for six months again. And that's what was my warning. To expect expect, uh, his absence and... uh, what he was going to put himself through. So, yeah, it's definitely going mm. going there. It's nothing you've not done before. No. Well, it's all, always new. It's always new. I mean, it, everything grows, right? Yeah. Everything's a step forward, but definitely not the scariest thing I've done. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right, let's finish on a lighter note. <laughs> we were coming up with some questions for you. If you could have a matchup against any celebrity or see a celebrity matchup, right? Five years down the line, Devin Wright. Serena Williams. Legacy. <laughs> doing some celebrity matchups. Who would you have on the table? Um, My notepad there. Yeah, yeah, get the notepad ready. Well, you're talking about like not me, like two different celebrities? Two different celebrities, but you facing one as well. Oh, me facing one. Uh, well, I just feel like there's no celebrity that can beat me. So that's kind of like sports personality then. Okay. I mean, I've already arm wrestled one of them. You wouldn't beat Serena Williams. Probably. No, I'd probably not beat Serena. Uh, <laughs> I, I really think that Shaq's incredible. You know, Shaq is a big, strong monster. It, I, obviously, he's not going to become an arm wrestler, but I'm telling you, 
Shaquille O'Neal decides to become an arm wrestler. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, my God. The world is in trouble. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've arm wrestled a lot of people. Uh, that guy could be, like, so good. Wouldn't take him long either. And another guy who kind of fits that same mold. Shaq, if you're watching. Yeah. Well, Devin, you do know that they already have yeah, arm wrestled. I've, I've arm wrestled before. No yeah, Shaq and, yeah. and Devin. He's, on he's, Devin's he's, birthday, just saying. He's ridiculous. Okay, like, the guy is... He's so freaking strong. Oh, sick. Yeah. And another guy who I think might even be stronger than him uh, is Mark Felix. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. I I think that, you know, Mark Felix, uh, you know, I've, I've never arm wrestled Mark Felix, but I've shook his hand. And just by shaking his hand, I know. <laughs> I know yeah. without a doubt that guy could be a world champion arm How wrestler. old is he now? Like what? Fifty-two, thirty-six. Like, I think he's fifty. That means nothing in our no, no, I know. His like, hand yeah. is the size of an A4 piece of paper. It's completely insane. The strength that he has in his hand when you touch it, you know, you know, he's so strong. Um, and yeah, yeah, right. Put your hand on there. Let's see that. Wait, yeah. I've probably got the smallest hand yeah. on the table. <laughs> Mark Felix is insane. <laughs> uh, um, a guy that. Uh, I'm really going to try to. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the nails. That's all. Yeah, you, take that. you, you can take this phone case. <laughs> I'd like to get Cryocos, Cryocos Grizzly into the sport, too. I think that, yeah. that, that he's hilarious. Yeah, he I, think he, I think he'd be a great fit in the sport. Um, you know, any, anybody who's brutish and, uh, you know, cool and likes to, you know, fight. And, I'd love to see Mike Tyson. Yeah. Oh. Actually, he just arm wrestled on his podcast. I, he did, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Maybe all the YouTubers will give up boxing and start arm wrestling soon. Yeah, and you know, like, look, at, I, I'm game to arm wrestle with anybody. Uh, I just, I, I like to see, you know, the guys who you know um, have, have the potential, you know. Uh, and a lot of these athletes, you know, the strong man, whatever, the basketball players, you know, you see a guy with hands like that, and you just know, you know, like with very little work. Yeah, yeah. Hey, there's all. Listen, it doesn't mean you can't be good. I know, like, there's it's all right. There's Japan like, there's world champions. There's yeah. world champions who have tiny little baby hands. Okay, <laughs> there are. There are. It's just a whole lot easier if if you just got to work harder. That's too late. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> On that note, yeah. Done, yeah, tiny That's little fine. baby. <laughs> like and subscribe. You can't see your hand. Uh, bring it a bit closer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think on that note, a positive note, they are tiny baby hands from us at Strongcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, good we, luck. We can't we can. wait. We uh, can't wait. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. You guys are the best. I, I love this place. And, uh, you appreciate you clear your vocal cords for the weekend. I have to brush up on my Georgian. If anyone has, oh, okay. anyone out there oh. has some good uh, some good translating apps for me, and I'm, I need them now. Please. You talk about you being the aggravator. Yeah. You're going to be in there poking the fire as well. Everyone has a job to do, okay? Exactly. Everyone's got their... We look forward to it on the weekend. As I said, good luck for this weekend. And uh, yeah, let's shake hands at the end and move forward. On or something. Or Thank something you. along those lines. <laughs> hey, thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks so much. Sports Social Podcast Network.